Hey guys, welcome to Enter In, the podcast. We hope through this intentional time of listening, reflection, and prayer, you are able to hear the voice of God as we navigate through the journey of life together. This podcast series is created and hosted by Jeff Rogers, an American pastor and missionary who serves alongside his wife, Carrie Beth, in the Czech Republic. Please subscribe and share this unique experience to pause, reflect, and engage with our Creator God, focusing on what He has for us in this busy and ever-changing world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part three of our series on Galatians, Standing on Grace. Today, we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 through 29, and really focusing on the topics of faith alone and justification. Faith alone and justification. And uh, the big idea of today's uh, podcast, or the message, is the law points us to Christ. The law points us to Christ. And hopefully the application or challenge that we are able to leave here with today and think about is where have we fallen short of the standards God sets for us and that we set for ourselves? Or to make it personal, where have you fallen short of the standards God sets for you and that you set for yourself? And then that challenge going forward is to lean into his promise of grace moving forward. So we're going to jump right into Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 through 29. It's a a healthy portion of scripture. Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, I will use an example from human experience. No one ignores or makes additions to a validated will. The promises were made to Abraham and to his descendant. It does not say descendants, um, as it referring to many rather than just one. It says, and to your descendant, who is Christ. I'm saying this, the law, which came 430 years later, does not invalidate the agreement that was previously validated by God so that it cancels the promise. If the inheritance were based upon the law, it would no longer be from the promise, but God has given it graciously to Abraham, through a promise. So why was the law given? It was added because of offenses until the descendant would come to whom the promise had been made. It was put in place through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now the mediator does not take one side, but is, but God is one. So the law against the promises of God. So is the law against the promises of God? Absolutely not. If a law had been given that was able to give life, then righteousness would in fact have come from the law. But scripture locked up all things under sin so that the promise based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ might be given to those who have faith. Now before faith came, we were guarded under the law, locked up until Faith that was coming would be revealed so that the law became our custodian until Christ so that we might be made righteous by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a custodian. You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. 
There is neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, if you belong to Christ, then indeed you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. Now, I always thought that if possible, uh, depending on the space, uh, uh, when I was a pastor back in the United States, um, it would be fun to place a sign on the ceiling of the sanctuary or the worship center, something big enough that people could read it um, from below. It could read something like this. I always thought about this. Thankfully, there is grace. And, you know, when you think about it, we are all sort of hardwired to do the things we are told not to do. For example, see a toddler. Don't touch the stove. Don't push this button. Speaking of pushing buttons, if we were told not to push the button, we want to push the button. If we were told not to look up, we want to look up. So I always wanted to give some, uh, some fun and, and silly commands uh, throughout uh, giving a sermon just to, just to play with people. Uh, if there's a sign on the ceiling, I wanted to keep telling them not to look up. And then they would look up and be reminded that thankfully there is grace. Today's message is going to look um, at the next section here in Galatians in chapter 3. And in it, we will see that even our failures, such as our inability to obey God's law, that there is meaning. And so as we, we stop here and take the first point of reflection, the question I want to ask as we get going is what rule do you find it impossible to keep and why do you think that is? And then does your sinfulness factor into the reason for why you find that rule impossible to keep? What rule do you find impossible to keep and why? And does your sinfulness actually factor into your reason for why you find that rule impossible to keep. So Paul wrote this letter to the church in Galatia because some Pharisee believers were insisting that Paul had not provided the entirety of the good news. They said that to be saved, you had to keep the law. Thus, immediately in chapter 1, as we, we saw, Paul laid out the good news of God's grace, that Jesus died for our sins. And then in chapter 2, in part 2 of our podcast that we Went over. Paul explains that we are not saved by the law, but by faith alone in Jesus. Jesus took on the curse of the law so that by faith in him, we may be set free, as read today in verses um, um, 10 through 14. Or if you go back in Galatians chapter 3, we actually didn't read it today. You go back to verses 10 through 14 and you see that. Paul then demonstrates how his message is not new, but predates the law. Now, the promise of righteousness through faith 
was made to Abraham before God even gave Israel the law. So grace has always been God's uh, MO or modus operandi. And if that is true, then why did God give the law at all? And we all may ask this. We all may ask this at some point. The law was given because of our sinful nature for the purpose of providing a guide to living in the presence of a holy God, as we saw in verse 19 today. It provided this framework, uh, this guide, for how one should live while waiting on the promise of God to send, ultimately, a Redeemer, a Savior. And by giving us the law, God was giving a glimpse into his own heart. And why is that? Because he cares and he loves his people. He actually wants what is best for us. He wants us to be able to live in his presence. That is, he wants a meaningful and loving relationship with his creation. And so therefore, the law shows us that that is exactly what God wants. And it also reveals that we cannot make that happen on our own. We have to have a relationship with Christ. And so as we pause here on the second part of our, the second point of reflection, what are some ways we see law at work in our society today? Just think about that. Think of things that demand of us and threaten actually at times to eat us alive. Uh, maybe it's an image or images on social media or people's statuses or the idea of a perfect family or uh, the right amount of money or the perfect role of success. Think about that. What are some ways we see law at work in our society today? Now, later on um, in actually chapter 4, Paul will will use the example of God being our Abba, our Father. Um, Parents, when you think about this, parents who love their child um, will lay down specific rules that act as a framework to educate them and protect them um, until they mature into uh, adulthood. Now, these rules are there to keep the child safe, as like a guardrail, and to teach them how to live and and also how to live with responsibility. And so rules such as, uh, when I look think back uh, in my own life with my own children, rules such as uh, look both ways before crossing the street, um, sometimes that still applies to even older children uh, or some young adults, or do not run with scissors. Um, that used to be a really big thing in my house. Um uh, it might seem obvious, right, not to run around the house with scissors because you know what can happen, uh, but not to children. Children need to be instructed so they understand the consequences of that action and the consequences really of living in a fallen and sinful world. 
And so therefore, the law functions very much in the same way. But as with our rules as parents, the law was given by God in anticipation of when the one to whom it was given would mature. This happens for our kids as they grow up and when they grow up. But in relationship to God, it requires the gift of new life in Christ in order for that to happen. A relationship, a personal relationship with Christ uh, is required for us to grow up. And Paul makes it clear that the law cannot save you. It cannot. And, And neither can the law save someone else. And so this, you know, just sort of resonates with me because it raises a question that I think we all need to consider no matter our theological uh, background or maybe non-theological background. Do you share law or do you share grace with non-believers and believers alike? You can refer to verse 22 here in chapter 3 on that. Which category would others who know you put you into? Uh, Maybe a rule keeper who judges and is legalistic, uh, who judges others by how well they keep rules, or maybe they keep the rules that you give, or a grace giver overflowing with good favor and forgiveness, you know, as Christ has taught us. Only the God of all grace saves us. Only the God of all grace saves us. And so therefore, as we think about this, Our witness, our testimony, our story has to be, it must be focused on this notion of the grace of God and the grace that he extends to us. And so as we pause for this last moment of reflection, uh, let us ask this question, how does our experience of the law make Jesus good news to us and others? How does our own experience of the law make Jesus good news to us or to others, and maybe that experience hasn't been good, uh, and so we really need to reflect and really need to do a deep dive into this question. Yeah, that last reflection question, um, you know, I, I, I realize for some people, um, you know, we, especially Christians, might have grown up in a church that maybe it was more legalistic, more about the law, and so that question might really stir up some things in us, uh, but let the scripture today remind us uh, of, of, of the one thing, that the law does point us to Christ, but it's ultimately faith alone and God's grace uh, that saves us and that surrounds us uh, here on earth as we live for Christ, as we share that grace with others, both believers and non-believers. So the topics today of faith alone and justification, um, 
Hopefully we were able to uh, cover those with clarity and that idea that the law does point us to Christ and to remind ourselves that maybe we have fallen short of God's, uh, uh, of the standards God has set for us uh, and that we have set for ourselves. And maybe not to be so hard on ourselves and lean into this promise of grace, both in our own lives, our own hearts, and also toward others as we move forward. So let's pray and finish out this podcast and look forward to uh, the next podcast as we look at Galatians chapter 4. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for just reminding us of your grace uh, and why the law was given. And Father, um, just what you intend as as children of God uh, through faith in Jesus Christ, uh, Lord, that we are heirs according to your promise And Lord, thankfully, there is grace. Thankfully, there is grace because, Father, it's impossible for us as humans uh, to keep anything. We are sinners, and we know that, and we desperately need, uh, Lord, um, your Son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, thank you again for reminding us of that today through your holy word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Enter In, the podcast. Please remember to subscribe and share this experience with others.